wondered why we keep remaking the same movies over and over again, why every movie theater you see every weekend is something you probably saw 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Well, so did we. And on Hollywood Already Did It, we're going to try to answer that question. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this is your weekly podcast where we analyze why movies keep coming back around the bend year after year. This week, we're kicking off 2022 with Scream 5, or a movie just called Scream, which infuriates me, but I still liked the movie. But <laughs> numbers are important to movies because I don't want to have to now spend the rest of my life going Scream in 1990 or Scream in 2021. Absolutely preposterous that we didn't just make that S into a five. And it, it's right there. It's like, it's perfect. Especially when I they did it. did it with Scream 4, they put the A as a four. Like, guys, do it. I'm sure that they were like, we don't want people calling it five cream, but I think that that would have been a perfectly <laughs> fine thing to do. But that's neither here nor there. We're not here to debate titles. We're here to talk about movies. So Terrence, what did you think of the new Scream movie 10 years after Scream 4? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I'm, I am starting to love these gaps because it gives, this is a franchise that is very meta and kind of like an, an observant of whatever the world is or whatever the, the horror genre is at that point in time. So it always is great to me when they take a little bit of time off because the horror franchise and stuff changes a little bit and they can kind of like, all right, cool. Now we can re-examine it and poke fun of it again in this way. Um, and they do. This is probably one of my tier tier upper tier scream sequels i really dig this although i don't think there is a bad scream sequel this is one of the few franchises that i actually enjoy all of the films um and some i have reasons why i have others higher than over there i don't think there's a bad film in this this one is a freaking ride this is fun from start to finish uh i thoroughly enjoyed it it is one of those we're getting a year of uh, uh, just uh, the last couple of years of those requels where we're kind of like they they coined a phrase in here but the uh, requels where we get those nostalgia originals like Star Wars or Ghostbusters and kind of bring in legacy characters and add new, a new lifeblood into it. And I think this is the perfect blend to do all of that while still feeling fresh and, and actually having a little bit of something to say um, to some people that probably don't want to hear it, but should hear it. Um, what if the Snyder Cut was a serial killer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what um, if the last Jedi Twitter fandom put on a mask exactly um, uh yeah but I, I i thoroughly had a good time with this i've seen it i've seen it twice now uh and i'm i'm, I'm glad that this exists i'm glad this screams back yeah i agree with pretty much everything you said you you tapped into something that i've felt about the scream movies for a long time now in that it's one of the few specifically horror franchises where i feel like there isn't a bad one at the bunch and even at its worst it's still really good and I feel like that is partly because it is technically a parody. It's kind of a horror comedy, but it still takes itself very seriously. And since it's always sort of pointing a lens at the horror genre around it, it's never doing the things that the other horror movies do that make them get insane. We're never going to space and we're never doing pagan rituals and we're never just drowning and getting hit in the heart with a lightning rod and coming back. And because, you know, to the point that this movie does make about the stab franchise within the screen movies, there is no main character to keep coming back. There is no Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. But I think as a result of that, you never have to keep spending your first act of a movie 
retrofitting why this character <laughs> is back like why he's and, alive and doing yeah. all of these mental gymnastics mm -hmm. to keep this character coming you always can just put on this face everybody in woodsboro knows it everybody in this universe knows it and then you just have a whodunit and in doing so it's been able to keep itself relatively grounded we get a little out there story-wise i think at the most in screen three when we're doing trilogy rules and doing the ooh the secret from your past and what was sydney's mom doing way back in the day the and ghost up. yeah I, I think the series as a whole does do some some mental gymnastics with legacy that they kind of just like with this person knows this person this person is attached to this granted it's all in a small town so i guess i can kind of go with it but yes that is the one thing that this does sort of stretch at its at its core uh, a little too far sometimes but everything else in this movie works and i think the reason we have the ready or not directors here working on this is because of what they did so well in ready or not they took kind of a horror mystery really right there is kind of the question of whether or not this is supernatural mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie it's not really a whodunit but there is sort of an overarching question of what's really going on Correct. and they did that all in one location so they know how to use setting to their advantage and use framing to their advantage they understand how to balance horror and comedy which i feel like is very very challenging to do because you're either going to make the comedy not take the horror seriously or you're not going to be scary enough or you're not going to be funny enough right and it's very easy for the comedy to do what kind of scary movie does and make everything silly and it's easy to also then not be funny enough and then your all your other dramatic and horror beats don't hit hard enough because you're trying to be funny it's just a very weird balancing act of like when to make the joke and when to make the scare and i know mm -hmm. that they're like these genres are cousins but like sometimes cousins like cousins should never kiss there should be no so like cousins. that's like yeah this doesn't really work yeah. <laughs> uh, but here they are figuring yeah. it out and i think that's when you sort of take that and put it in ready or not or put it in scream rather you get a lot of the things that make the original scream work the mystery the suspense the comedy elements and even these very small tight locations we're in a house we're with a villain who gets knocked over it's always fun to just see Ghostface fall and get hit I think that's one of the best parts of this series is to see Ghostface get his ass kicked, get a door thrown at him you're like Jesus Christ because at the end of the day we all as an audience know that that's a normal person under that 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 mask like that is a regular person who just has lost their mind under that mask and that just kind of amps up the audience a little bit more because you're like oh, who the fuck is that who's under there and uh, right, exactly, because, you know, when you get to your Michael Myers and your Freddies and your Jasons, they're, so much of their intimidation and fear is like hitting them with a bat and their face just goes to the left and it comes back. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. But where that gets crazy is when you look at something like Halloween Kills, when we've beaten Michael to the inch of his life and then he gets up and you're like, OK, we got to make some so, game time decisions here. Is he supernatural or a person? Right. Is he not, what right. are we doing? Like, where, where are we? What are and we? Yeah. There's almost something scarier about a character that can take the hit and get up again and keep taking it and getting up. And yeah. you almost are more like, oh, I don't like that. Because if that person got into my house, even if I like really knocked them down the stairs, they would just keep getting up. And I, like, I, know, I don't know if a ghost appeared in my house, I would be like, well, that's the end of it. Well, the ghost I will kill me now. I guess, yeah, I guess <laughs> I will die now. Uh, that's why I love this. I mean, it's it's something simple, but like there's a sequence where one of the ghost face uh, uh, killer or killers is shot and then they show that they had a bulletproof vest. And I'm like, yep, perfect. 
that explains why they're this, this still, still not doing that supernatural shit. They're just a normal person who's prepared. Well, that's where, you know, three eventually is like, just shoot him in the head. <laughs> right. Almost exhausting where you're like, okay, let's just, <laughs> but that's become so much part of the franchise. It's like, you know, they always get back up and then you just got to blow their brains yeah. out. Uh, but everything else to me worked. I thought all the acting was really good. The agency of all the characters was really important. Using kind of Dewey as the narrative piece to bring everyone back and him having this weird, I'm protecting Woodsboro, but not really, but I'm more just here to watch in case it happens again. But also like, you don't need to be texting the two people who are going to come back and to don't invite them back to their trauma. You literally <laughs> are texting texting Gail like, please don't come. Knowing who Gail is at the core, she's going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, you could have just left yourself <laughs> and let this, put it all behind you. Uh, I liked kind of roping in the new characters. I love when Scream is at its best is when we're dissecting horror movies and when mm -hmm. we get into the what's an elevated movie against slasher films and we start kind of taking some of the piss out of those ideas yeah. and when we get really into the requels and the fandom and, and all these like meta conversations characters and, and then the whole title things like we're not going to put a number on for anymore all of that stuff works for me it tickles that back of my film going brain i'm like yeah i like this I, mean, I was kidding. mad that they made a joke about not putting a number in front of a new movie when you you didn't do that. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, you mother. <laughs> oh, just put that five there. I want it so bad. There is one, like, it doesn't bother me enough to take me out of this, but upon my two watches, the first time that I watched this film, I didn't know how I felt about Sam being the lead. Um, and I wasn't sure what it was. It was like, I liked her performance and I overall dug her, but there was something that was just off. And I thought it was originally was because she was coming off a little too aggressive for like her, her sister or to some of the legacy characters. But upon my second watch, the issue is more spoilers for those who, if you're in this, we're going to get into spoilers. But the issue is her family lineage. I don't have a problem with her secret and it being, being related to Billy Loomis. It's just that towards the end of this film, they start making her images, make it seem like Billy Loomis is a good person or is trying to assist her. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, nope, I don't, I, I don't want that because you can do this scene, you can do this part about her being a serial killer and stabbing her without me showing him like, there's the knife, go get the knife. Just let that scene play out it, because that character at the heart of this whole franchise is the worst human being on the planet. It almost felt like they were going counter to what they were saying because they'd bring up like, oh, they made these Mary Sues. And the person was like, were you worried that people were going to say that about this movie? So you had to have this weird, almost Excalibur moment with the knife and Billy right. being like thumbs up because there's no – we talk about her like being on antipsychotics. So she's seen Billy Loomis because she's on antipsychotics. She's and they're clearly not working. But we don't really do anything else with that. We never are like, oh, there is no killer. There only was one. There isn't. You're just, you're in this from another point of view. And there also was never really any effort to make the legacy of Billy Loomis good. And you right. probably could have, if you really wanted to go back to Scream 3, you could argue like he was manipulated and he was used by this right. other person. And really the bad guy of this whole franchise is the main villain from Scream 3. Terrible. But we don't we don't really try to do that. We're not really trying to rehabilitate Billy Loomis. Right. And there's not really even a narrative around his legacy. So for at the end, for him to have that like 
force ghost moment. Even I, I was also a little like, okay. Yeah. I know we wanted to bring him back somehow, but like. And, it, and it's weird because I'm torn because the actual line that she says when she's stabbing him, like, don't fuck with, like, one thing you don't do is go fuck with the serial killer's daughter. That works. But I think that worked without us seeing that image. Like, we are, have already yeah. been given that information, so we don't need to have that Yeah, part I, I would have rather had a few more scenes with Dewey than right. him in the car with her. Exactly. Like, that, that's kind of where I go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was probably one of the weakest But that wasn't points, enough but... to, to I, everything else I don't log. And now that I am willingly aware of why that didn't work, Sam works for me. I, I, dug, I dig her a lot. And her sister yeah. is badass as hell. Like, uh, oh, yeah, they're that opening great. sequence is great, and that whole hospital. There's so many great sequences in this film that I just I kept saying, like, how do they keep one upping this and making me both be on the edge of my seat, but also having just a damn blast with this? And it's bloody as shit, which is great. Well, that I was going to say, the main reason that so much of it works is that work we do with those main characters and the very like CW almost way of talking it felt very sabrina the teenage witch was yeah. they all have taken elite film classes and are describing these things and kevin williams even though he didn't write this you, you still have that sprinkle where kevin williamson makes it feel like every teenager is the smartest person in the room and i like i it works very well here because that's kind of what we're doing uh and i really enjoyed all of the like new people and I loved the small moments of like, I would go hook up with you, but I don't know because maybe you might be the killer. <laughs> it's great. Don't take this the wrong way. And I was like, that might be one, the smartest thing I've seen in a horror movie. I'll just be like, you know what? We can we can have sex whenever we'd like. But there's a like. murderer around the floor. <laughs> people are dying. Because <laughs> I was like, you know what? He raises a good point because even if she wasn't the killer, why would you go and <laughs> like, right and in his defense at that point the 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 audience doesn't know but he knows that that's that's the house so no yeah <laughs> I, right I no <laughs> uh yeah i really dug all of that i loved having the whole shrine to randy and seeing his family and getting seeing into the sister. Yeah. my favorite parts of the movie play out like youtube video essays and a part of me is like maybe i should just be watching more youtube video essays <laughs> but i was like I, I thought they did a really good job of kind of capturing the spirit of really all of the screen movies and you're right it is a bloodbath every death is violent every death is awesome there's just enough jump scares and just enough like judy's moment of driving home to save her son is like they keep finding these moments throughout the whole movie to just crank it up it never really just feels like there's a body count almost every death feels very personal yeah and as much as i love scream through scream three i think scream three does have moments of just complete like we're going to stop the intensity we're going to stop this level and kind of just like mellow out for a little bit this is like we're going once we have you we are not stopping until we get off this ride which is also how ready or not was that was yeah. a movie that kind of put everything on the table and then just went great you have everything you need to know we are off to the races yeah like we're just this we're in this now um i loved the reveal of who the killers were um, I love giant spoiler that Dewey clocks it right away, and that that, that he even is like, "Come on, man!" He said it right away, right at the beginning, like, he "Oh got my it god!" In one, which was also the best way I think for us as an audience to be like, "Ah, it's not him." One, yeah, we've done you, it before. You throw that out. You're like, "No, nah, that's no. There's no way that it, it'll be him." Because yeah. even Sydney is like, "It's so derivative that you're the villain." And I was like, "It's sort of weird that they picked a villain to almost intentionally be derivative, just so they could pretty much." 
tell him he's derivative. Like he's here the whole time. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I kind of dig that, like that we sort of were like, you know what? The best way to insult this guy who thinks he's this like brilliant creative genius and he's giving the fans what they want is to sort of be like, hey, what you're doing has been done and the fans will not like it. You're just a copycat. Right. You suck. And I was like, this is great because that is also like, we're gonna, we'll have a whole conversation about fandom here in a second. But I feel like sometimes they're right and sometimes we're wrong and sometimes they might be right, but the road to get there was wrong. Um, like Snyder Cut, which I thought yeah. was an improvement, but I also was like, don't like how we got here. I don't here. like how we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that we're here now, but I don't like how we did it. Yeah. Uh, there had to be a different way. Mm-hmm. I do like that it also outed Jesse. It doesn't matter. But, but we'll get something like Simon um, that switched because the audience was like, no. Yeah. And yeah, and now I will forever love those movies exactly. instead of being haunted by a ghost <laughs> like Christmas past every summer. Uh, I, yeah, I thought the whole thing hit really well. And it's interesting kind of, I think, when you look back then of the like, why are we here? Why are we doing another Scream movie? And I think the first big thing to differentiate Scream from a lot of other horror movies is sort of the point we already brought up that it hasn't quite gotten bonkers yet. We haven't done the like the billionaire that graduated from Westboro was going to take a high school crew to space. And now Woodsboro massacres are going to happen in space because the Elon Musk wannabe is in like, we're not doing that. Right. Um, and now I've put that into the ether. <laughs> Why wouldn't <laughs> we now? But um, so there's those reasons, but I also feel like, it has been 10 years since Scream 4 and like another six or seven six before or seven, that. Mm-hmm. We always have a lot of space between these where even when we have space between Halloween movies, it, there's just another one. There right. was a minute where we were getting Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Friday the 13th back to back like, to back to back. Correct. Even in other franchises, I get a Spider-Man movie every two years. Uh, like I get four MCU movies a year. Star Wars will never end. Fast right. and the Furious is like an annual. It's, a, it's become like every two years, damn near. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, like, my cup is runneth over on mm-hmm. some of these. So I think that's part of why it's like this one's fine. But you also have to look at kind of what this franchise sets out to do that makes it unique because it's not quite scary movie. Let's just be wacky and parody and slapsticky. It really is a mirror up to the franchise. And I think when you look back at the original Scream in the '90s when the slasher franchise to the best of my knowledge was pretty much done it was dead yeah like we were right we weren't doing too much i don't even was new nightmare after scream uh new nightmare might have been yeah i think it's 98 because i know scream's 96 i feel like new nightmare is 98 i don't know why i have that number so yeah we weren't even revitalizing in there yet halloween was going crazy nightmare before okay well then 94 yeah but that that's might, still four years, or I believe four or five years before we get to Scream. Because 94 and then 98, I think, is Scream. Uh, I think that's correct. 96, so two 96, years. 96, yeah. Yeah, but the Slasher franchise was, was pretty much done. Um, and and people, we've got to remember, while we, we like New Nightmare, New Nightmare wasn't well-received. Uh, right. The, night, the fr- Nightmare and Elfrey audience did not like that movie. Yeah, because it is. It was basically the Matrix Four. Correct. <laughs> for that time, like right. that's kind of what we did, and it's interesting when you look at how Scream both saved and changed the game. Because normally, when you look at like the westerns, a lot of people look at Blazing Saddles and go, "Well, the second we parodied it, it died." 
the second we sort of came out and went like, we're making this funny joke now, we couldn't take these seriously anymore. Where Scream in a weird way challenged the franchise by going, here are the rules, here are the tropes, here are the jokes, but we're taking those rules seriously. Mm -hmm. The comedy isn't coming from us making fun of the jokes. The comedy is coming from these other situations around it. It's very similar to like Ghostbusters work. We take and, the science very seriously. Correct. And the audience and the moviegoers, the audience being in on the joke, like it's something that they're doing together. Not making fun of you for liking these movies. We're like, we're making fun of these films as a whole together. Yeah. And Aren't that, you also tired? Is right. it almost asks you that question. Screen one almost was like, Hey, here's a really good slasher, but aren't you sort of tired of it always that we know this so well that we can now construct an entire movie right. around this and it isn't preposterous for us to do. And it's interesting because by then all these movies were so long in the tooth anyways, these other franchises that you were able to just do Scream 2 and do the rules of the sequels mm -hmm. and do Scream 3 and do the rules of the trilogy and then turn right around and do Scary Movie and just that's where you really get hardcore parody right um and really making fun of it but then we sort of took this break and we let the horror world change again and the whole yeah. film world change again because i feel like around scream one and two and three at least when i was in film school which was before scream four came out the narrative was always make a trilogy if you're going mm -hmm. to go in and pitch a movie to a studio you got to know what that second one is you got to have your empire strikes back moment you got to have yeah. your return to the jedi you got to that 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 no one wants one movie anymore they want three and then scream fork and then right around that time because everything changes so unfortunately teachers are wrong sometimes <laughs> all of a sudden everything was getting rebooted and remade and rebooted and remade and redone and rehashed and the world was changing new media was coming out and youtube was becoming a thing think, and suddenly yeah. From that, Scream 4 kind of emerged and in such a weird way was ahead of its time because it was doing the reboots and what are the rules? Are there still rules? And the rules are different, but we're also filming everything. Oh, everyone's going to have a camera Influencers soon. and fame and always watching it. Like it, Scream 4 has definitely been, as people go back to watch it now, they're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> this, this was saying a lot of things that we probably should have paid attention to. It would have almost been more relevant for some of those ideas to be in Scream 5. Correct. Like, we, we now are fully, we're recording a podcast right now. Like <laughs> right. That's the, uh, people were doing that when Scream 4 was out, but now, like, everybody everyone's is doing gone. it. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's on Twitch. Everyone's on TikTok. I have three cameras in my pockets at a given time. My bedroom is basically a small studio now. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it's insane. And it is a very weird thing. We're, we're now chasing likes and, and retweets and fame and all these things that other people have said more articulated than I have. But all of that was boiled into Scream 4 along with this concept of the rules and the audiences are changing. Because that's right. when that movie also started being like, well, these people aren't safe anymore. It's no longer okay to do some of the like discriminatory kills of, of people of color or LGBTQIA people getting slaughtered first. We're not doing that anymore. Right. Is the original still safe or do you take a big risk and take them off the board? And then you get to Scream 5 and spoiler alert, you at least take one of them off. Mm -hmm. 
which is interesting because then you do get to Scream 5. And I think before we really go like, well, why are we making Scream today outside of a Paramount needed to release something in the first quarter of 2022? Because <laughs> they released nothing in the fourth quarter of 2021, Correct. which is also when people are like, why is it on Paramount Plus? Because that studio changed hands when uh, they made a decision to push Maverick out of Q4. Mm-hmm. And then those people went away. And the new <laughs> people do not want to go away. They're like, no, 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 I want my job. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, I, their hands, I think, were tied by that. But I think when you look at it now, right, we have also once again changed. I think if we had done Scream 5 in like 2013, we would have been like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we here? Foreign right. movies, The Purge, Blumhouse, what are we going to play with? The slasher was sort of once again gone, and this kind of found a way to instead of going, what's the state of the slasher? Because I don't, I can't name you more than Halloween kills in this one that really come out very frequently. No, yeah. At least major releases. Right. Um, But we found a way instead to go, well, now it's going to be about comparing this to Elevated Horror and really kind of going like, well, is this, don't you kind of want Scream back? Don't you want the slasher back? Or are we now just going to be A24 all the time? Right. And I think that's where, that's why I love the opening of this so much. So her talking about the elevated horror. I was just like, yeah, those are good movies and I like them all. I also really like this. And sometimes I don't want to have to like think at the highest brow level when I go see a horror movie. Sometimes I want, I know what you did last summer. Uh, so can I have both? And I think that's what this film sort of is just saying like, hey, there's room for that. That is that is great. You should love that. But there's also, we need to still play in this box too. We should still be a part of this as well. Yeah, and they don't do too much with the idea of the elevated horror, no. right? It is almost more just like, this is where we it's are just, now. Correct. When you ask a, a person younger than us, it's what's your favorite stamp. scary movie? Yeah. yeah. It's a time They're probably the not yeah. going to say Carrie anymore correct. or Children of the Corn right. or something else. But then... Where this really gets into where we are is the idea of the requel and the remake and the sequel and the Halloween 2018, the Ghostbusters, the Star Star Wars, Wars, everything now is doing this. And even when you look at the structure of this movie and you look at Star Wars, before we even get to the episode eight of it all, we kill one legacy character in this one, just like we do in The Force Awakens. So a part of me wouldn't be surprised if six and seven get announced. If yeah, six and seven get announced, and we start taking other that ones we start off. dropping one off each time. I agree, um, and it all, but it also makes it so that when you come back, especially for this type of a franchise, when you when you bring it back for a six and seven, you bring back those legacy carries, then you kind of can see all bets are off. You're like, oh, these folks are no longer safe now that we know that we are already doing this. We are actively taking one of these off the board. Uh, that 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 leads to a little bit more of uneasiness. If done correctly, you can make a pretty solid film uh, to the point where you start taking off the main two uh, legacy characters remaining. Yeah, and it sort of depends on who, like I think we talked about this with Halloween Kills where I'm like so much of these movies now are about surviving trauma and surviving Mm -hmm. your trauma that I kind of don't want to watch the trauma win. Right. Like I I almost think eventually Sydney just has to stop coming back Sydney, Sydney, you have a family now. Don't go to Woodsboro anymore, for the love of right. God. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not, we've burned the house down. It's over. Like that, <laughs> we're done. Um, but 
I think when you sort of get into that, that's exactly what's happening and what you keep seeing. And we do keep going back. No Way Home just brought back all of its Spider-Man yes. characters. Another one, uh, yes. Every single franchise that I can think of now, the new Leatherface that's coming to Netflix is also like, well, we, the first one happened. And now he is going to go deal with this stuff. But this Terminator does it. Every, every other franchise yeah. now is sort of taking not just the nostalgia that you have of the franchise, but the quality of winning that dipped and is now being like, wouldn't it be cool if we could just take stocks and just reinvest before it crashed? I think what's really funny about this series, and it's, it's kind of Star Wars, probably the only other one just because of the legacy of it all. But this is Scream's the only other series out of all the other ones we've sort of named. They're like, cool, 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 cool. We want you to remember all the sequels, everything. Whereas most of them are like, remember the first one, and we will ignore everything else that happened before this until now. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what Halloween did. I think, I believe it's what Leatherface is doing. Terminator has done it like like three times. (laughs) Terminator has done it. They won't stop doing it. It's bizarre. (laughs) And it's really, I feel like we're even getting more and more of it into like horror movies where we do kind of keep being like, well, you know, this one was good. Right. These ones weren't. Like that one. And it, it's it's an interesting thing to start kind of dissecting and looking at and being like, well, what are the rules of a requel and do they always work? Because now with we have to infuse what did work, what fans liked. And that brings us into the fandom of it, which is my favorite part of the movie because my God, <laughs> is that a forest fire right now? And just using stab eight as the moment that it all went down i love that they gave ryan johnson a thank you in the credits yeah i love that we're mentioning him by name as directing the movie and i love that we are just kind of being like look how toxic it's getting they're throwing yeah they they actually use youtubers real life youtubers and and podcasters to be on those i love that whole segment of him just watching what the hell the world sort of burning around fandom and then obviously the Meeks twins, her whole fandom speech and about all of how these sequels and requels work. I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. I but it's love also it's such a creative way, I think, to reinvigorate this a little bit because when the original Scream came out, there was so much conversation with the two killers at the end of, well, do the movies make you violent, Sid? Do you think this made us violent? No, it just made us more creative. And we kind of deal with that idea that we've dealt with in society forever of like, is the art making people violent? Is art the games or the movies? And now we're sort of positing that no, the movies aren't making the people violent. Their relationship to the movies is making them violent. And that's a very interesting thing to play with because it's no longer the concept that like I'm seeing violence and I therefore am now going to go become violent. They're now positing that I'm going to make such a strong bond with this with franchise and these characters right. that when you hurt them, you I'm s- going to lash out. I am angry. I am snapping out. Yeah. Um, Which is fucking scary. It's, it's scary. Uh, I, I, I know it was said and written and kind of, but the way it was delivered and one of the killers in this says that like, you know, I was on like a, basically a Reddit forum and that's how I got gaslit to do this. I was like, oh, that is frightening because that is how some of the stuff that happens in the real world is actually taking place and it's like oh that's frightening. yeah and they they do a good job of justifying their villains because that's what you need otherwise these guys are just and they are idiots right yeah. like these people are insane 
but it's very interesting to hear their point of view and it's almost scary to hear their point of view and they are like but don't we deserve it and didn't we commit and they laugh at us yeah and it's like oh man I, this is I, crazy I, I, for me it's weird because i i mean i love all of these films but when sue and and billy did it it didn't resonate as much with me because i was so far removed from from what they were thinking but now when these guys say what it is while i still don't agree with them i am around and aware more of that type of thought and i'm like oh shit that is that is terrifying but boy do they get it and boy yeah. is it one of the most meta deaths ever because uh <laughs> I'm, it's a uh, pretty great this poor actress is getting typecasted as the actress who when she dies is on fire just burn her <laughs> you might remember her from once upon a time in hollywood when uh you know our good friend rick dalton gets out his flamethrower and <laughs> burns her in a pool after she tries to kill all of them we should just show up to casting uh workshop and casting things like hey i just want to know are you willing to die on fire cool you're you're in that is how yeah they die. when they both switch on their villain modes you're like they're very scary people and then boy do we good. it's a it's a like their facial mannerisms completely alter it's great yeah, and they really, they really get it. <laughs> I think those, those yeah. are some satisfying deaths. Yeah, Quaid also, gets it bad. <laughs> I, I feel like Scream is one of the few franchises, and it's again because they're not supernatural. But I sort of like that it always comes down to a gun. That almost every time it's like we can just shoot this guy. Yeah, we're not gonna yeah. do it with a firing squad like we've done in Halloween Four and Halloween <laughs> Kills. Uh, but we can, we can just get them. And then there's always the like they're gonna come back. They come back. Oh well, yeah um i like i liked that i liked where we didn't kind of left everybody we do another classic scream move where we have characters that we like still alive i was gonna say not they everyone is gone yeah they pull the uh they may have looked dead but you guys really like these guys so we're gonna keep them yeah on the board. but the test audiences say otherwise <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> we gotta keep dewey for those who don't know that is a real story of a dewey screening that they did that dewey's was- dead in that first movie and the test audiences were like but we like him they're like well then we'll do a quick reshoot where he just gives that thumbs up in the back and, and subsequently we, we will stab the shit out of him for the rest of this series <laughs> and that's why a part of me was like oh, the, the the focus group didn't save him this time <laughs> they were ready they were they wanted blood now Indeed. now the fans we talked about this when we did bond but it's like we're we're ready to watch our heroes die which There's is both a, weird and interesting it's a catharsis i think like especially for an audience like who's grown up this this series has been around for 25 years you have a moment where he and gail sort of have their reconnection it's sad he's like yo i wasn't good enough to live in that city i had to come back this is where i need to be and then he kind of just does the one thing like I, we need to end this and it's like oh yeah that's a perfect dewey way to go out Oh yeah, it's a cathartic moment that the audience sort of earned throughout this entire process. I think it it feels way more lived in. It's it's one of those ones where I wish it's great we're getting a little bit with his his nephews and nieces, but I wish Randy had gone a little bit longer than he did in two because I feel like his character could have been one of the legacy characters that sort of existed. But we, I think they took him off the board a little too early. Right? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where they go now. A part of me is like, let's. I think Scream does sort of work best when we give the genre breathe, itself time breathe to cook. A, breathe a bit, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, we did this parody. I'm sure somewhere there's a script for a A24 scary movie parody. I'm sure that that's floating around. And 100%, yeah. Let's get 
those two actresses back and bring that <laughs> franchise back around because those first three are great. Yeah. Um, all about it. And then, you know, but obviously this movie, um, box office wise, is is doing great. Yeah. Like, like, like just, we're almost at Halloween numbers. We're at 30.2 for the three day. It's probably gonna get up to 36 for the long weekend. For the four, yeah. Um, for some fun comparative numbers. Our first Scream opened at 18 million in 3,000, or no, I'm sorry, that's Scream 4. Scream 1 opened with 6 million mm-hmm. in 1,400 theaters. And then that movie was such a phenomenon that it immediately, the next year, almost to the day, brought in 32 million, which is again where we are now, and then 34 million for Scream 3, then a big dip for Scream 4 into 18, probably because 3 wasn't well received and we had waited 10 years. And I mm-hmm. feel like in a weird way, there was a period where if you waited 10 years, you weren't going to do would, well. Yeah. And now if you wait 10 years, you, you're going to do You are the fine. greatest thing ever. Yeah. Like it's a, <laughs> yeah. very strange. It's a weird way how that works. Yeah. Clearly, you know, there's a lot of things to look at here. I think the first one being people were excited. Ready or Not did very well for the, especially the horror community. Mm-hmm. Like that movie didn't make too much money, but for a Fox Searchlight movie, it did it pretty made, well. It did well. Um, and got a buzz. Like that all, that core group really so spoke highly of that. So when you them in to do a major franchise, I think people get excited. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, let the original people keep making original things. But then I'm also like, but also let them make the things that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I want all of it. Um, but then, you know, obviously Omicron's still out there but people yeah. are vaccinated and people are boosted and people are clearly figuring out ways to go to the movie safely. It was interesting is, because I think the Mobius got moved um, and people were kind of like, Morbius, I'm sorry, Morbius got moved. And so people were like, hey, should Scream move as well? And at that point, Paramount was like, like we talked about earlier, Paramount was like, no, 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 that ain't, that ain't happening. Plus they had already sort of seen that their, their tracking numbers were going to kind of fall where they have. And like, no, we're good. But everything else has kind of gotten out the way. I think Scream benefits from being in that little wheelhouse of audience ages that don't really, when vaxxed, don't care as much about being amongst people as the older audience or the super family younger audience. So it's that sweet spot of 18 to 45 year olds are kind of like, eh, I'm going. And I want to see yeah. this movie in the theater. Same with that Spider-Man audience. And there was audience. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody wide. went to go see Spider-Man. Right. We might as well have called that variant the Sinister Six variant. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it shows people are hungry for horror, as they always seem to be. Mm-hmm. People are clearly hungry for this type of horror. Because uh, we haven't, I mean, we just got Halloween Kills, which also, you know, did fine. Yeah. Uh, and by fine, of course, I mean very well. <laughs> But yeah. clearly, when you bring back an old beloved franchise and you treat it with some quality, you do get a return. And to your point, it can just run the gambit now until Jackass comes out. Yeah, Jackass is February fourth. Yeah, so it's that really can just nothing. go to Paramount Plus. I say that I one is not something that I need to see. In I don't theater. think that's a COVID risk movie. No, I was like, I'll, I'll watch that. I'll wait. I'll I'll see that one at the house. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway for all of this for me is that I. I was not aware that Scream was as well received as a franchise as clearly these box office numbers say that they are. Well, um, I thought the way had... that Scream 4 got kind of like destroyed and, and like left out there to home and people don't speak highly of Scream 3. I just thought it was like, ah, it was a thing that I enjoy or like some of us enjoy, but those I'm 90s clearly... kids are growing up. Yeah. They're growing up and people yeah. are discovering these movies and they're all great. Yeah, like they, they really are one of the most consistent franchise movies 
Uh, they almost always have an interesting idea. There's always a mix of slasher and comedy and whodunit, and they always balance that out very well. And I just think they had that free marketing when most people's costumes could just be a ghost face mask and you'd hit the button and blood would come out of it for years. I mean, you can't... I saw more of those growing up than I did, like, Turtles and Pokemon and yeah. Michael Myers costumes. I mean, that was the Halloween... I thought that that was a Halloween costume before it was in Scream. I thought that Scream just had the that ghost, ghost yeah. mask. Yeah, That's how... That's when I was growing up, because I was, like, 10, 6 when this first one came out. Uh, right, 96? I was 96, 7. I, was, yeah. I wasn't seeing this movie in theaters. No. I, I right. didn't know. And then these masks were everywhere, and they were bleeding, and it was crazy. And then I saw Scream, and I was like, oh, they're using that. The, they're using the generic they're Halloween this, mask. This yes. is the Kirkland Halloween mask that everyone has. Everyone has it. Oh, it's from Scream? You just free marketing forever. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, forever and for always. Uh, I loved it. I think if I get another one, I, we can wait. We, we can wait a while. Um, give, me, give me four years, and I'll, I'll take another one. Well, yeah, because otherwise, I mean, I don't want the eight, gonna... our legacy characters to get too old in tooth where we can't bring them back and it work. So I think that's a sweet spot of time. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, this has been Hollywood Already Did It, where we are examining why we keep remaking these movies. This is the end of our show. Of course, if you liked it, you can hit subscribe. We have years worth of content on our podcast app. We have two other shows for when the box office is slow. You can't do that anymore. A podcast about movies that are older that maybe don't resonate well with audiences anymore, or maybe are problematic, or maybe just wouldn't do well anymore. Uh, a lot of the could you, would you, should you questions. And then whenever there's a Marvel Plus show, we have a Marvel Plus, a Disney Plus Marvel show. We have Marvel Pair Up, where we look at the history of whatever genre that's in. So we have WandaVision with sitcoms, Falcon of the Winter Soldier with Buddy Cop movies. And then there's the Hollywood Already Did It YouTube channel, where Terrence has his trailer reactions and episode-by-episode reviews of Dexter and Chucky and Boba Fett and all those Peacemaker other things. Now, and which Peacemaker, <laughs> which I'm loving. Yes. Uh, loving it. So head over to YouTube, subscribe there, subscribe on the podcast app, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake, and Terrence is at Darren Statham, and we will see you... I guess for Jackass or Uncharted. Now we've Uncharted? got a while. Yeah. We've got a while. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll see you guys then. Bye.